Welcome to Corizant Technologies, home of the Digital Executive Podcast. Welcome to the Digital Executive. Today's guest is John Easel. As co-founder and executive vice president of Bias, John Easel continues to bring new solutions and fresh perspectives to his clients and partners. John is a former director of Oracle's consulting custom development, architecture, and business intelligence practices. John has received numerous leadership awards and is an active member of the Oracle Partner Advisory Board at Oracle. Prior to joining Oracle, John worked in finance and investment consulting for Interstate Johnson & Lane. John has been quoted in the Wall Street Journal, Forbes, Inc., BPM, and Oracle magazines for his forward-thinking approach to business solutions and real-world successes achieved with the Bias team. Well, good afternoon, John. Welcome to the show. Hello. How's it going? Awesome, John. I appreciate you jumping on. I know we've got some great questions to get into, so let's jump into them here. John, you've got quite the career in technology and a SaaS as a leader, entrepreneur, and now the co-founder at Bias. Could you share with our audience the secret to your career growth and what inspires you? I guess the secret to my career growth, uh, the career growth of this business, you know, my career growth, me personally, is just my curiosity, always looking for inspiration anywhere I can get it, and then translating that into our business. And that's what inspires me. And that's what drives me is looking at all the creativity out there and in multiple industries and saying, hey, how would that work for us here at Bias Corporation? That's what's inspired me so far. And that's really helped introduce me to some some great people that have been on this journey with us here at Bias Corporation. So the curiosity is what drives me and the people that we have with us on our team is, is what drives this business. Thank you for sharing that, John. I appreciate that. That's very insightful and be happy to share that with our audience. So John, what are some best practices to securely and efficiently migrate a business IT infrastructure to the cloud? Maybe you can share an example of how you've done that with one of your customers. Yeah, so there's kind of a, a thread that goes through all of these cloud migrations. And most of our customers want to get out of the data center business. They're retailers, they are transportation companies, they are logistics companies, they are government agencies, yet they have massive IT departments and they're spending 80% of their budget just maintaining an IT infrastructure that supports their business. All of them want to get back to their business or back to their constituents and do what their chartered mission is, is to provide a better retail experience, to provide better services to their constituents and so forth. It's not really in their charter to say, we want to be the best IT organization in the world. So a lot of them are trying to get out of the data center business. That's a pervasive thing across all of our customers. And then the next thing is, okay, now we have to provide those services as securely as possible to our customers and our constituents. And when we are migrating these organizations to the cloud, the first thing they want to know is, is this going to be disruptive to our business? Then the next question is, how secure is it? right? We've got PII data, we've got financial data, we've got the crown jewels with our formulas and our recipes and our routes and our costing and all that. How is that going to be secure in the cloud? And that's one of the things that we have to prove to them that it's going to be more secure than it is now. You're going to have to prove to them that not only are they going to have as good a performance as they had with on-premise systems, they're actually going to have a better experience. And we have several podcasts and videos out there where we talk about how we've taken customers like US Silica and Office Depot and so forth, and they have 10x their performance in multiple areas and have so much a better customer experience 
Office Depot, for instance, had the best back to school ever with their systems since they migrated to the cloud. You know, I guess they are reticent or they're just curious on performance, security, and then they are wowed when it comes to the performance and the scalability that they have once they get to the cloud. I appreciate you sharing that. That's amazing. Some of the use cases and examples of your customers that have really either accelerated growth or implemented some better security measures. So thank you again. And John, are you leveraging any new or emerging technology within your space? You know, if you can't talk about something that's proprietary, maybe it's just a cool app that you find helpful you could share with us. Great question. You know, we really have embraced Terraform, Kubernetes, and I get kind of, I get uh, nerd out a little bit on this stuff is right now we're migrating 190 custom applications that were tertiary to the large ERP migrations that we do. So what Bias is known for is migrating massive ERP systems primarily Oracle, whether it's Oracle eBusiness Suite, PeopleSoft, JV Edwards, and so forth, Siebel and all that. These massive systems that people have implemented and they've had in their environment for 20 years. Okay, so those applications we migrate. When you migrate those applications, you got to think about all the tertiary applications that plug into those. Right. So if it's a, a route management system for some of our logistics companies, if it's any kind of supply chain feeder applications that they have built over the years, or a lot of these companies have acquired many, many businesses over the years, the businesses that they acquired, they let them plug in their custom applications to these big back office ERP systems. So not only are we lifting the ERP systems, we're now lifting these custom applications. And these custom applications are written on everything. You name it. Every language you can imagine, these things are written on. And what our customers are asking us to do is say, hey, evaluate these applications and we want to have them serverless. And one of the cool things about serverless is you don't have vendor lock, right? And like, hey, we don't want to be married to a certain cloud platform. We want to have the agility to be able to move these applications around. So when we can migrate applications to the cloud and then we modernize them or basically refactor those applications, and then we also evaluate you know, the serverless technology allows you to really containerize and be able to move these apps around as you need. And then as we're doing that, we actually find a lot of redundancy across these multiple applications that they've had for many, many years. And we're able to consolidate those applications into to fewer applications. So it's less for the customer to worry about, less breaking points. And that translates to a better experience for their customers because they're able to fulfill orders quicker or get to their constituents quicker. I appreciate the insight on that, John. I'm really excited about the possibilities now as we continue to advance around innovation in the technology space, especially during this challenging time in the pandemic. We've all had some challenges, but the silver lining is we've learned a lot and we've innovated a lot. So thank you. And John, last question. Everybody wants to know a little bit more about John. Can you share something from your career experience that would be helpful for those looking to grow their career in leadership or entrepreneurship? Yeah. One of the things that I'm really passionate about is creating a great experience for our team members. And our, our vision statement, guys, is, you know, we want to create a better future for our customers, our teammates, our employees, and the communities that we serve. If I can give any advice to anyone, one of the things that drives me and drives this business is being able to invest in people because that's your number one asset. And I don't want that to sound too hokey, but when you can help someone either communicate better, because we have a lot of really great technologists here, 
And a lot of those folks aren't natively extroverts, right? And when you can get someone that has all that technical knowledge and you can help them really build their confidence so they can express themselves more, I would almost equate it to giving an artist more colors to paint with. It's really amazing to see the development of some of these folks and and uh, just seeing them blossom and seeing them get that confidence and being able to providing them with a stage like a podcast like this or like a time on stage at Oracle Open World or doing webinars, that kind of thing. Getting them out of their technical shell or their comfort zone really has been a rewarding experience for me and, you know, really goes across our business. And, and then I'm an entrepreneur at heart and I believe that people, when given the opportunity, they will be creative. And I also believe that if you can get different perspectives from people, everyone's going to benefit. So we like challenging our folks and giving them an opportunity to be creative and be entrepreneurial and either create new lines of business or refine our processes. So we really encourage that. So I would push that out to everyone is to invest in your people and then look for ideas from all of your folks from your entire team, because everyone's got a different perspective. And sometimes it's 10x better than you ever thought of. Awesome. I appreciate you sharing your insights around your experience in your career and entrepreneurship. I think you've got a lot of energy and I just can't wait to turn around and share this message with the global audience. So thanks again, John. And it was a pleasure having you on today. And I look forward to speaking with you real soon. Thank you very much. Bye for now. Bye.